Welcome to the Say Network podcast. I'm Megan Vialpando, and I'm here with Jim Sparks, Abraham Guevara, our media producer, and I'm also here with our special guests for this episode, which are the Territorial Music Director, Neil Smith, and also Derek Helms, who serves as the Events and Logistics Coordinator for the Music Department. We have a really great episode for you guys today. We're going to be talking about WMI, which stands for the Western Music Institute. Before we get into the episode, we have just a couple of tips and resources for you guys related to youth culture. Wham, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mine's less of a tip, more of kind of an interesting thought, and it's uh, relating towards uh, millennials, everyone's favorite people to rag on bash criticize criticize and stuff like that so uh is um i'll, I'll just read it i it found this fascinating in uh, my read earlier uh, this last week 86 percent of millennials would choose a lower salary to work at a company with values that align with their own that's compared to just nine percent of 54 to 72 year olds who say the same linkedin found that even though the even though salary may be a top reason for 22 to 37 year olds to choose a job, there are other deal breakers. Workplace culture ranks high for millennial employees, with 70% saying they wouldn't work at a top company that was known to have a bad culture. So I find that fascinating. I, they they still want to get paid, but they will sacrifice maybe even a higher salary for a better culture or workplace. And so. It's easy to harp on a, any other generation but your own because your generation is the most magical. But uh, as our workplace has to evolve and change and, and develop, uh, it just shows you that culture is most important uh, with this this next group of full-time employees. And what are we doing? What are things that we have in our place? How does the Salvation Army uh, do with culture? Uh, and... I think a lot of people want to work for the Salvation Army for because the, it aligns with their values and and does a lot of really good. Sometimes the most good, shall we say? Um, but <laughs> um, but does the culture match that in the workplace? And uh, and so that's something that you know us as a department we've been working on greatly on developing a, a healthy culture. But um, maybe maybe we're underestimating that that worth um based off this from cnbc and that uh the culture is king like when it comes to going into our workplace and uh and uh and while they want to get paid they're willing to take less because they want to be part of a place that i would imagine is fun and warm and they're on the same page with i I think they want they want to grow too they want to be coached they want it be mentored, that kind of stuff. I think that all plays into that culture. I was going to ask, what are the what are those things that they're looking for? Like, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I um, I didn't do a, a full deep dive on it, but I don't know it. Um, I have read in the past though. It's uh, you know, the the values is really really important to millennials. Is is I'm not the idea of working for a place just to get a paycheck is not a is not a primary thought it's not really even a thought for millennial culture it's i want to i want to make a difference in this world and is my job going to be able to do that and that's that's where the importance comes in and so uh, i would imagine a a culture that um, fosters that and you know spurs that on is the appealing place uh, where they feel like they're making a difference what's interesting about the millennial generation is 
I believe I have this correct, is that they're the first generation to kind of pay homage and reverence to previous generations, where mm. my generation's like against the man. You know, it's like, forget it. Yeah. But they honor that and they see what people have done before them. If somebody was like uh, listening to this and they're at their core or at their um, divisional headquarters mm-hmm. and they feel this is like the culture, mm-hmm. what would... What should they do to try to like draw people in like that? Well, I think you, you, I think you want to affirm the culture as much as you can and recognize that this is what it is. You know, Disney spends, I mean, countless dollars on their Disney Institute in and out has the in and out university. They spend a great deal of money to remind people, this is the culture that we want. And we're, we, this is how we're going to operate. And that culture changes over the years. But that's how it is. And I think if we recognize that that's an important thing, then we need to keep affirming that and saying, hey, this works. This really works. This style works or this work environment works. And then I think you, you see that being kind of perpetuated. And and like most things, we live in a copycat world. So if you realize that, hey, Abraham is working at an office that's killer, it's fun, and he's thriving – I, I want I want to do that. Instead of me wanting to go work with Abraham, I want to create that culture around where I am. And uh, and and I think if we could kind of recognize the importance of that, then uh, then we'll see changes in in workspaces. And I, I that's not a knock. I think uh, I think the army does a really good job at its work culture. I think there's times where it's not good, uh, perhaps overworked in a lot of areas, but. Um, but I think if we find a good culture or find a good thing that we need to recognize that and, you know, and keep reiterating it, keep reiterating it. And we're kind of in our infancy here uh, on doing that in the department of kind of keep going back to it. But uh, I like last week we had an incident where we uh, were reminded about one of our values is we, we believe in quality. And so just the fact that that is brought back up without us having a meeting about it, that's affirming the culture that we want to do. And it's reminding everybody so we don't just slip into our casual space and uh, I think what also helps with that is when when you're good at culture then you're good at cooperation and good at collaboration and and that, that just comes natural when you start working together and that's when things get going get going good but I think if we ignore that then we end up that's where the silo starts to come in and where we fall more into this is my area don't touch my area I, I only want to do my job and get out of here and I think that's when we're our least effective from a like a practical standpoint, what uh, our department we sat down and we actually tried to define our define our culture. Yeah. We wrote it down. We sat down and, and wrote it down. Do you think that that's a good step for people to start with? Is just kind of defining yeah, who we are. Yeah, I mean, we have to talk about it. I think particularly when and if you're in a space where your officer is moving every couple of years or so. That's always going to change. Your culture is always going to change. It can't stay exactly the same. There's different personalities coming in. And so I, I, the more you kind of talk about it, and it should be, uh, I think they call it like a living document, that it's just kind of changing and evolving and growing up in a lot of ways, then uh, then I, then you see progress. And I think it makes, I think in my opinion, that makes the uh, it makes transitions a lot easier. It makes it a lot easier not only for, you know, you as the employee, but for the officer coming in or the new boss coming in, they're like, okay, this is what they, this is what's important to them. I could adapt to that. And, and I could, you know, 
I could support that. And, and it gives you a starting step. I, I bet a lot of people roll in and there's nothing and they've talked about nothing and they have to start from scratch. At least this gives you a good starting spot. I, I think it's very healthy. Yeah, that's super great. On that note, I, oh, I do have the announcement. We have WYI oh, coming up. Okay. August 3rd, uh, sorry, uh, July 30th through August 3rd or 4th. This is on the Saturday, 4th, whatever. <laughs> I don't have my calendar. You would think I would know I've been doing it for whatever many years. But uh, fun. Uh, you could go to Say Connect, find information on that, go to our Facebook, and we'll have applications, and the link will probably be in there as well. Yes. Um, this episode is brought to you by Coroplast. Uh, <laughs> it's a very cheap uh, decorating material. Yard signs. Yeah, uh, I'm just uh, want to give a little bit of uh, some tips on um, setup, stage design, fun stuff that we've tried out before. Um, and not everybody's got a big budget, um, but there are ways to make things look cool on a low budget, uh, low to medium budget. Um, so I know there's a lot of people listening to this. They got youth rooms um, and you want to make things look cool. You want to make your stage look cool. Um, check out Coroplast. <laughs> you can buy pieces, uh, for about five bucks to about 200 bucks. Um, and they come all shapes and sizes. Uh, the main uh, reason we used it, uh, was to, uh, if you were at YI last year, we did a really cool heart, um, and just cut out shapes. It was really easy to do. Um, I also saw a shout out to Northwest, um, uh, youth retreat. Captain Eric Rudd did an amazing uh, Coroplast sign. If you go on their Facebook for, for their event, um, it looked awesome. And he really did did it up. And so, yeah, uh, check that out. It's a very sturdy material. You can shine a light on it, and it looks really pretty. Also, if you want lights, uh, you can go to this website. It's called Lixada.com. Just put the link in. No one's I'll put the <laughs> link in there. <laughs> uh, and if you can't say it, no one's remembered. <laughs> L-I-X-A-D-A. I'll put the link in the in the description. And uh, they got lights there. Uh, you can get some really cool stuff for a very low price. Um, low is subjective, but uh, go look for yourself. And if you want to always get you know this cool look, make things look a certain way, go check them out, uh, and you'll be very delighted to see what they have. Uh, and the other thing is, in order to control those lights and to control everything, you need software. Uh, you can go out and buy a lighting board that will, you know, run you about four hundred to about I don't know, thousand, maybe thirty thousand dollars, fifty thousand uh, dollars. But if you want to do everything from uh, Mac, uh, there is a software called LightKey, and you can buy that, and it's about a hundred bucks for a year of use. Um, and go to the website. There's some free options there too. So if you only have a few lights, you can do it for free and it's pretty awesome. So yeah, uh, this is a way to do some stage stuff. We'll put all these links in the, in the description and yeah, if you had a passion, there's some kid at your core that's really into this stuff. Um, I, I'd say the, the way I got into any, all of this was at my core. We, we bought stuff, we bought lighting stuff for the stage and, um, you, know, you had seven fog machines. We had fog <laughs> machines. We had all these. We were trying out all this stuff. We would build things on a really low budget, and uh, that's the way I learned. PVC pipe. PVC piping. Oh, it was dangerous. Oh man, that, some that is stuff like that, you guys build. <laughs> that is like the Legos of stage design. Is PVC piping. 
so yeah, you know, there, there may be somebody at your core who, who's really wanting to get into this or who is, has a passion for it. And it's just another opportunity for um, people to serve. Um, you got, you got people doing, uh, music, you got, um, people doing sound and you can add another area of service at your church in, in lighting. And uh, you may find people who are very passionate about it. So yeah, it's an, another really cool way to, another cool thing to explore. And so we'll put all these links in there. Yeah. So mine is, um, not as uplifting <laughs> as that. Mine's more of an educational, oh, yeah, educational piece, but, um, I, a couple months back, oh, weeks, I guess, I watched a documentary what? on Netflix, <laughs> as I usually do. Megan, how many documentaries do you watch in a week? I probably average two a week. Yeah. Maybe more some weeks. Oh, <laughs> kind of an illness you have. Uh, so, yeah. So there's this Netflix documentary. Um, Abraham, I think you watched this one. Um, it's called Take Your Pills. Yes. And uh, I... I yeah, it's really, really wild. Um, basically, sort of the premise of the documentary is uh, it, it takes a look at this um, culture of, of uh, expectation and performance that young people have. Um, so sometimes they're in high school or even into adulthood. Sorry, adulthood. Can't even talk today. Um and it looks at, um, you know, the things that they have to do to try to remain competitive in life. And so a lot of people are taking um, prescription drugs like Adderall and Ritalin. And it looks at, you know, the edge that it gives them. There's actually a lot of professional athletes even that are taking these drugs to help them with their performance. And they're completely legal. Um, but it, it looks at sort of the effects that it's had on, on the culture and, and this age group and how they feel about it. People who do take it, people who don't take these different um these different drugs. And so for me, it was just really, really eye-opening. Um, I, I remember in high school, some people kind of talking about taking them. And then in college, I, I knew of a few people who would who would take them. Um, but it just, I, I didn't realize it was as common as it is. Um, it, it's really, really rampant. Uh, people who are just, just this pressure to um, succeed and, and to compete and have this competitive edge. Um, it what was really interesting in the documentary is, is, you know, some people didn't even know why they were taking it like why why am i being so competitive it's the and end stuff? game yeah what is this all for yeah did they address jesse spano at all um i don't think so <laughs> do, you, do you know who jesse spano no is? <laughs> no <laughs> saved by the bell episode oh yeah you know what i have only seen a few episodes of saved by the bell well this was the historic pressure to succeed jesse spano took Adderall or Ritalin or one of those. I'm, the, I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a it's a unbelievably acted scene. They had and a similar with the uh, Fresh Prince had a similar episode. Yeah, you're with right. Carlton taking speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'll show you. It's it's pretty. It was impactful. I didn't want to take medicine after <laughs> <laughs> she crashed. <laughs> That's for sure. It's, yeah. a, it's it's a lot. And I know athletes, uh, in fact, I think it is in some leagues, uh, they have to get permission. Yeah, they have to get to a special some. exemption, but there are Olympic athletes who do take these and yeah. it is sanctioned. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's funny. Uh, you mentioned that documentary because I was going to say the perfect follow-up documentary uh, for that one is follow- You say I watch a lot of documentaries. Yeah, I do watch a lot of documentaries. <laughs> the perfect follow-up is called Recovery Boys. I just watched it the other day. Um, I, if 
if you were working with the Salvation Army, you should probably check this documentary out as well. Uh, but it's people recovering, going through the process of recovery um, from drugs, from all sorts of drugs. Uh, and it is a very uh, heart-wrenching, moving documentary, shot beautifully. Uh, and so I'm going to plug that one as well. I mean, yeah, they go really great. But and one side note, um, with Take Your Pills, I'm not sure about um, Recovery Boys, but um, there could be some language yes, in there. Some language. So people are expressing things right. about their life. So um, I would not recommend watching it around young children. No, don't watch it <laughs> around your babies. <laughs> well, it's not like uh, my... 11 year old's going to be excited to watch a documentary about <laughs> pill taking. Boring. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the resources and tips and documentary suggestions. We're going to jump right into our interview with the music department. I'm really excited about the episode that we have today for you guys. We're going to be talking more about WMI, also known as the Western Music Institute, um, because there's actually a lot of people. There's a lot that people don't know about WMI, myself included, until I actually did a little bit of research on this lovely binder here um, with, <laughs> there's a whole history of WMI, so I dug into this and found some really Eric cool Schoen. stuff, so we're just going to kind of chat about it a little bit. Um, I've actually never been to WMI. Um, have you guys all been to WMI before? I have five years. Um, I, in fact, I was an award winner at uh, WMI. Uh, bass pin singing. Um, when the news got to my parents that I won the bass pin award, my mom's response was, uh, he plays baritone. <laughs> she, was, she couldn't believe that I actually won a vocal award. I think there was only three bass singers in the whole camp oh, okay. that, week, that year. So, Probably, but you are a good bass singer. Well, I... Uh, Honestly, I think I won it because I showed up on time more than everybody else. And I was in the, I ended up being in the WMI course that year. It was a special year. Achievements. <laughs> Highlight for me. So I always hear that like, everybody always has a WMI story. My, uh, several of my siblings went to WMI and they always came back with some sort of like epic story. <laughs> what, <laughs> what is your best WMI story? I don't know. We've got some epic stories, but they're probably not shareable. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Derek's been around longer than I have. I've never been a student either at WMI. I've actually never been a student either. I started on staff and uh, about 30 years. I, one of my favorites is uh, Andrew Justice was our guest one year, and he did a March of Witness. I was and, in the group. Uh, yeah, Jim was there. And the March of Witness consisted of uh, many kids in their instruments, and you marched uh, like you would do, go out and do an open air into the pool. And uh, whoever could play at the end, um, as you marched into the shot to the uh, the deep end of the pool, was the winner. And I believe the winner was Gary Compton because he played soprano, was the last one in the pool, <laughs> and was about ten feet tall. So, uh, I, s I seem to remember a tuba being stuck in the deep end for a while, trying to get it out. Probably, and there uh, that's probably the first time many of those instruments that have ever, ever been cleaned. Yeah, or uh, chlorinated. Chlorinated, yeah, it's not that <laughs> bit, not, not the best for instruments. So. <laughs> but I do like that. There's, there are a lot of different stories of uh, kids that do crazy things. Uh, Bill Gordon's kids always got their fingers or their arms stuck in their horn somehow. And, uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's a learning experience, and sometimes learning, you do uh, crazy things. So, 
I remember Luke Rochelot one night after the candlelight dinner when he went dressed in full uniform, launched himself off of the fence by the swimming pool at Craig's, much to Ivor's disgust, and uh, in full <laughs> uniform right into the pool. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't go down too well. Uh, that's very funny. <laughs> and expected from Luke Rochelot. Yes. <laughs> right. Scott also told him to hike to the big cross that year, even though the rest of the us on the staff said you cannot. <laughs> yeah. If God calls, special calling, yeah. got to answer. That's funny. So, but yeah, WMI does have a lot of things, and um, some of the stories are great, but most of them are um, the growing that happens year after year. Right. So, because I've been there for a really long time, and when I got there, it had been going for for quite a while. And we used to have throw your stick in the fire night, which was always fun. But it was kind of a you used WMI as it's been a, a year since I was here. What how have I grown? How have my things how musically how have I done? Uh, spiritually, am I did I meet the goals that I set for myself last year? So that's always good. And then being there for a long time and seeing kids grow, and the kids that are on staff now, their parents were in my cabins. As when I was a counselor, <laughs> so that's uh, that's scary. <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> Derek was my counselor. Yes. For real? Uh huh. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he was counselor at, during the day. At night, we kind of did our own thing. <laughs> 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 we just were checking on other cabins to make sure that they were in bed. <laughs> um, what? It's the Western Music Institute, but like, how has it evolved uh, over the years from its beginning? I mean, at, since you guys have been at it. Well, this is my 20th year, this year, 2018, um, and it's come a long way since the beginning. I think it started in 1976 at the training college with a very small group of people. At the training college? Yep. Wow. Terry Camsey was in charge back then, and uh, there was a small group, 20-something attenders, probably in 10 or so staff, and then it didn't happen in 1977 because I'm not sure that our administration was concerned that it was just... Uh, valid. I don't think they were really that bothered. And then um, a group of folks spoke to Commissioner Holtz, I think, in 1978, and then it's been going ever since. So we just recently celebrated our 40th anniversary. Um, back in the day when I came to start with, as a staff member, it was mostly uh, band and singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've changed over the last 20 years, probably, to, to include uh, uh, dance, drama, all kinds of things, praise and worship. Um, anything that we'd find people doing on a Sunday, we'd try and equip them so they can be useful at the core when they go back. So anything that we would be uh, expecting to see in worship at our core is kind of where we're at right now. It's not everyone's favorite thing, but uh, I think we do a pretty good job of covering most uh, things. For the first 10 years, I don't think you were allowed to bring a guitar on the site. But now, uh, yeah. guitars, if it wasn't a brass <laughs> instrument or a piano, um, we didn't do anything with it. But now uh, it's it's expanded into a lot more um, different things. So, And the style of music, of course, has changed a lot over the years, whereas a, a band used to play a 10-minute selection for a Sunday morning service, and no one does that anymore. So our music has changed to a small piece with maybe a song arrangement that's shorter and probably a praise and worship song that people will be more familiar with. So working on that kind of music, the styles. Timbrels used to be huge. Margaret Arnold was the goddess of timbrels, and uh, she taught generation after generation. But for the last two years, we haven't had timbrels. And uh, um, to me, as a bandsman, I haven't really noticed. Oh, we have Those are fighting words. I know. <laughs> we will maybe, though, happen yeah. next year. We Good. haven't had any electives for a couple of years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you mentioned uh, 
Terry uh, Camsey. Uh, so one year I was late. I was a day late to uh, WMI. It must have had to do with my summer in camp employment. And so we came up a day late. And so they just assigned us electives, which is not the most favorable situation. And so I got assigned <laughs> into his worship elective. And I was like, no, I don't, I do not want to do it. And it was the study of worship, basically. Oh, right. So yeah. we, we didn't learn any musical instruments. We sat there and he talked the importance of worship, what worship is. And, uh, and so at the time, I think WMI was like a 10 day camp or something like that. And I realized I was going to have eight days or seven days because I was a day late of it. I was like, this is awful. And the first three days, I genuinely slept through most of it. And then w a friend of mine got in trouble. I didn't get in trouble by Terry Camsey. And then he pulled me aside and said that uh, it, something to the effect, if you, if you want to be serious about your Christian walk, then you need to start taking this stuff seriously. And, and people have stuff, and I've noticed that you've been sleeping in my class and all that. He, I mean, he called me out, essentially, and which he was just kind of such a reserved guy. And, uh, and then, so then I was scared because I didn't like to be in trouble. I started paying attention. And to this day, there's, there's just two or three concepts that I pulled still from that, that I teach on still. And he had a pretty big impact uh, on me on that, but calling me out was not fun, but it was beneficial to me in the end. And he was a good, good, good guy. I could never hear him play his cornet though. He <laughs> played so quietly. It was all very quiet. gentle. It was beautiful, but quiet. Dang it. <laughs> Um, so over the, just when I was reading through, uh, the binder, I, there's a whole bunch of unique WMI traditions. Um, what are, what are some of the like best, some of them. what are some of the best ones? How about that? Uh, Where'd they come from? Like the pep song. We'll start the pep song. Everybody, I feel well, like everybody's heard the pep song. I ever wrote the pep song. I wrote Bazanko. So it must have been after 1978. That was his first year, I think, right? Um, no, seventy nine. Yes. Yeah, seventy nine. So since and, uh, since then, um, but I think that we stole it. We didn't steal it. Our pep song is actually the best pep song, but um, he came from through the East Coast, and uh, Star Lake, of course, is you a know, really big music camp, and they have their own pep song. I read about that that the West was actually the one of the first. Um, oh, sorry, the last territories in the U.S. to have a music a territorial music camp. Right, we're the youngest here. Yeah. Uh, somebody just celebrated seventy something years yeah. of their. Summer Music Institute. They had some some stuff that was called like an adult music camp in the '60s, but it's not anywhere like it, like we have it now. So yeah, you're right. We're late to the game, but which means our pep song is much better than those <laughs> we've learned from everybody else. Yeah. I think uh, the Southern Territory now has one. Their TMS was here, and liked ours. So theirs is a little similar a like ours. to ours. <laughs> But it's not as good. Pep Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> it is fascinating because it's like, oh, we've got to do the pep song, but kids just love it. Yeah. And most people eventually know the words. Um, there are a lot to get into. You need to I not can't. have false teeth I or anything. I never able to get There's it. some spelling involved and usually ends up with M-I-C-K-E-Y, M-O-U-S-E. Yeah. So it <laughs> works. Which happens uh, well. Uh, another tradition that was has not happened in the last couple of years, which we're sad about, but because of safe from harm rules, but we had a BVD band, which basically started 
with the uh, the oldest boy's cabin. What does that mean anyway? BVD. Uh, it's it's a type of underwear. Yeah, the brand. Is it? Oh, okay. I couldn't figure out what that's. Yeah. Sorry, I'm late to that party too. Then. So, yeah. <laughs> we would call they didn't have those in near uh, <laughs> <laughs> <your> country. <laughs> so it started as a um, just a boy's really, and the last night at camp we used to. Could have been just called Boxers Band, yes, basically. <laughs> but and I don't know who named it. But we used to go through, have our, our concert on Saturday night, and then we'd all come back to camp and spend Sunday morning together. So that's that last Saturday night is when the BVD band would happen, and it was really started as just the boys playing taps at the end of the, the night. But it was really loud. And uh, then it got to where every boy was doing it, and there was bass drums and timpanis out in the middle of the field. And um, that's when we kind of started to hold it back a little bit because <laughs> they called the police on us one, one year. What? And, uh, so during the next morning, I remember that uh, they were in doing the altar call and uh, everybody was going to go home at noon and uh, the police, the neighbors had called the police because it was really loud and it was just taps. And uh, Never mind that they were just in their underwear. <laughs> yeah, well, right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but they were in their bathing suits mostly. So I remember standing with the... And and pleading with the police, saying they're going home in an hour. Let's not, you know, don't do anything. We won't, we promise we will be very quiet tonight because there won't be anybody here. So, but uh, that's the only time the neighbors called the police on us, except for in Big Bear once, when our candlelight dinner went a little late. But and uh, but oh, I remember that. Yes. yes. So we've had a couple of noise complaints over the years. And right now too, I've been uh, Pine Summit. We're right bang in the middle of a residential. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's banned. It can't um, for for two for a number of reasons. Just because you know, say from harm, protect. We have to protect our mission, yeah. and then um, we have to not irritate the neighbors. Because the nice thing is, when we do our midweek concert and stuff, a lot of the neighbors do come in. Yeah, that's to camp and, and enjoy the music. So it's, it's kind of cool. We don't want to. Hmm. I know you have down here Mustache Monday. Yeah. Which was a Matt Woods invention, and I'm not quite sure. Uh, Must have been in the last how, five years, right? Yeah, it's only been uh, the last couple of years. And uh, for some reason, he just decided that uh, Monday should be Mustache Monday. And uh, he bought about two or 300 mustaches from Amazon, and we passed them out at flag raising. And it's been happening ever since. Ever since. <laughs> some people look better that way, too. Yeah. Do you think it <laughs> happened because he can't grow a mustache himself? That's <laughs> probable. That, yeah. Mind you, I'd be in the same boat, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> It'd probably take him a full year. Um, we have a candlelight dinner, too, which is cool. It happens every year. That's a... Very That's stapled. a fairly long-standing traditional event, so the kids dress up fairly uh, smartly. And uh, the last few years since we've been at Pine Summit, we've had to go out because there's not really uh, food at Pine Summit, and the beginning was pretty poor. We also did a, had a great job at Craig's with uh, Don and Lisa. They also did a really tremendous job for us. But um, we'll be going into the village to uh, to enjoy that. So this year we head out again to the conference. The other tradition that I really like, that I kind of fight to keep going, is um, sealed orders. And sealed orders, when I first got to, to WMI, and I was even, even though I was on staff, I had no really clue about just sitting still and being with God. And uh, I was at Redwood Glen when the first time I went. And uh, there, um, we were very conscious that it was sealed orders is a 20-minute space where you're not allowed to talk. You just go off by yourself with you and God. And I remember the trees. Because the breeze would be blowing through the trees, and I remember listening to uh, the Redwood trees Glen. Yeah. at Redwood Glen. And, and uh, so, sealed orders has kind of stuck with me, and over the years, as we look back, and uh, 
the last number of years, B, uh, Bryant has written our sealed orders for us, and uh, they're always really interesting because B, <laughs> B is a fantastic writer, and he throws little little nuggets in there for everybody. But it's a, it's a good time, and it's a as a kid, I didn't like sitting and not talking to anybody. Um, but now I appreciate it, the fact that uh, it taught me how to kind of push everything else that was out of the way and uh, just to concentrate for 20 minutes with me and God and my Bible. So I think even now, it. more than ever, that's like so rare, you know, to just right. set aside 20 minutes. And we're so busy during the rest of the day, like most other camps you go to, that's just nice to have that time yeah. to, uh, not everybody quite gets it yet, especially when we have our first timers come, they have to be uh, reminded that, you know, once you read it, you can't just get up. Yeah, um, I love that time when I was there. It was uh, really good. And uh, I, I, when I go to Redwood Glen, because all five years that I went, it was at Redwood Glen. I, I, when I see the spot that I always went to, I, I'm still reminded of that time. It's really cool. I really uh, enjoyed that time. There were a couple of years when we went off camp for a, uh, um, we went to the Bell Shelter. And so uh, a little bit was selfish because I didn't want to listen to everybody on the bus. So we decided to do shelters uh, <laughs> right. on the bus. <laughs> so as soon as we went out of camp, we said sealed orders start now. And everybody did their sealed orders in their seat in the bus. Finish this when we get to Bell and Shelter. We didn't finish till we got to Bell Shelter. So <laughs> That's, good. Smart. That's a good strategy. <laughs> best bus ride ever. That's smart because I'm thinking of the Mount Hermon bus rides that we did. There was some shenanigans going on some fights and stuff so sealed orders is a better alternative than oh, absolutely <laughs> and we've had some good stuff what in there we too doing. right bees oh, use yeah. play-doh and kazoos and little soldiers and you know good object lessons in there too yeah and he learned that from stacy uh stacy brown who for years made all kinds of little things that you would spend your uh, sealed orders making a cross or something out that you wouldn't think was in the in the little packet but it was there so it's awesome. it was always a good time um, besides uh, growing the obvious of sharpening your music abilities, getting better at, you know, whatever instrument you're, you're working on, whether it be your voice or an, uh, an actual, like, brass instrument or something, um, what, what, what do you see the outcome as WMI? Like, what, what's, what do you want the student to walk away from at the end of the week? Uh, there's probably lots of good answers to that, but... Um uh, lots of them have become good, firm friends that stick together forever. Um, and over the last few years, we've changed our kind of devotions approach. We used to have lots of them, but um, we've changed that so that it's more, it really is significantly more intentional. We have a, a longer chapel time in the morning, and uh, we've stopped. I'm not sure if I should say or not, but I'm going to say you can edit if you want. But um, uh, we used to just have an assigned DYS who would come and give us, you know, good devotions, but geared towards maybe seven and eight-year-olds at camp that, you know, came from the, the summer. It's not a criticism, it's just how it ended up being. But we've intentionally, the last few years, um, gone to bring in Bible teacher. We had a fabulous time last year with uh, Major Ivan Wild, who was exceptional every morning. And um, we have a nurse and Cheryl Kiston this year from Tustin, and we're just trying to make sure that that's really very intentional between the Bible study, the seal orders, and then the cabin devotions as well that we have. Um, that we really want people to uh, show up and, as you said, uh, sharpen their musical skills because that's important to us. But uh, 
But if they come with the intent of doing that, you never know. They might just meet Jesus while they're there too, which is really what we would really want for for the end results is that uh, music is important, but uh, that time with their friends who are also on the same journey too um, and the chance to meet with God in that quiet time when we get the chance to do it, but uh, in other times too is the is the important thing for us. Yeah. Uh, as, although we don't focus on it as much as why I do does, um, we do work a lot on leadership development and uh, spiritual development as well. With uh, I call them kids, but they're not kids; they're young adults. And uh, and uh, part of our mostly, yeah. <laughs> uh, once, once we were really intentional about moving up and and getting deeper Bible studies, um, I think that it's. Uh, it's rubbed off in the other areas. Mm-hmm. Because uh, uh, developing music leaders is not just about music. It's about the relationship you develop with your group at the core. It's about showing up. It's about being dependable, being there all the time. And those are the kind of things we like to instill. And there's a lot of, uh, I, I've lost count, but there's a lot of kids that were in my cabin that are officers now and doing a great job. And <laughs> I like to think that, uh, that WMIA helped them along just a little bit with saying this is, what the army is about. This is how music fits in the army, and uh, it's a, it's a vital part of the army. So, and all the musicians in the Bible were uh, were Levites, and were part of the preaching class, and we should take that seriously. We sh- we are kind of a model in a sense. Yeah, right. we do like to take. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. We do like to take kids who are really actively involved with the course so that they can go back and the the core will continue to benefit from from them being there, but also from the stuff that they learn. Yeah, while they're with us, I remember uh, it was like probably year two or three of me being there, and uh, at that point, I'd been playing my instrument for I don't know seven to ten years, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, I remember it was a it was a particular impactful summer for me working at camp, and then I went to W. Am I after? So I kind of went in with a, a little better perspective. Uh, my Christian walk was probably much stronger going into that because of the impact that that summer had. But I remember uh, a bandmaster. We he we had just started. It was one of the equal bands, and he uh, it, it was a person that had never heard a spiritual thing from him ever, and so we were getting ready to just be terrified. Uh, under his leadership uh, as far as band is concerned and then we played a hymn tune we he had to play a hymn tune and then he asked us what the hymn tune was and we didn't know and then he didn't say anything and then we played another song and he said what was that song and we kind of knew and he said now tell me the spiritual impact that that may have on your life and this song and then hear the words and and then we were like stopped because you're not prepared we weren't prepared for uh, no one talked to us like that before. And then uh, he goes, we're not going to play until you guys could understand that there's words behind all this and and what it could do to your life if you could embrace it and understand it. And I just remember that was pretty impactful because uh, you could easily go through all the music. It, even the words that you sing, you could still sing them over and over again, and it does nothing for you because it just becomes routine. And I remember that sticking out as kind of a spiritual awakening moment for me of, uh, of that, uh, there is what the things that we could learn at WMI we could give, like as far as worship is concerned. Mm-hmm. But we receive a ton if we're willing to do that and to look into what we're actually doing. And right. I just remembered that, and it changed our whole week. So every time we played, 
we we were thinking with that mentality. I thought that was strong. We have a number of uh, band masters now who come who when we when they send a list of music they want us to bring for them, they also ask for the words to be printed, so we bring that with us as well, so that the kids know what we're doing. And you guys host students from um, not just our territory, right? Sometimes they'll be guests. We, we uh, a lot of times have international guests. Um, for many years, we had uh, kids from South America, and there's always been kids from England or um, we'll look Canada. And this year, uh, there's a possibility of uh, some kids from Canada, and maybe someone from Hong Kong. So it's uh, it's difficult because it's a it's expensive to get here. So um, and we don't have the money to to bring them over. So. Um, but it is. It's always great. Uh, I remember once um, we had a group from uh, Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland that came, and uh, they were talking about, well, what, what, what are you gonna do when you go home? And this was during the time when they were having really bad problems, and, and between the, the Catholics and the Christians, and the uh, Catholics and the Christians, no, Catholics and <laughs> Protestants. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, so they said, uh, my, my, uh, um, my goal when I go home is I'm going to wear my uniform to the core. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird because then I didn't really think about it in my mind because I know I wear my uniform, but, you know, not my tunic or anything. But for them, wearing their uniform to the core meant they could get shot on the way to the core rather than go and then put your uniform on and you got there. And I thought, that's a pretty impressive for a goal that I learned So, from, from someone wow. from another place. So. Wow. So WMI, uh, it's changed a lot over the years, <laughs> just as I was reading through. Um, you know, it kind of started off more as sort of a music conservatory type type thing, and then it's developed, like you guys said earlier, into um, worship and theater arts, and there's just wh basically whatever the needs at the core are, you guys have, have adapted WMI um, to, to match those and, and to meet those needs. What do you think the future of WMI looks like? Uh, that's a tough one, but I guess we just keep adapting. We know we haven't for the last ten years probably done the same thing twice. We do the same kind of core things, but we we try and change things. Um, I think one of my biggest things is that how, whatever you do has to be relevant to to what we're doing right there and then, and to what you're going to do at the core. Um, we've changed the structure of our band things and our singing things. We've got um, probably for. 30 what 35 years we had the the equal bands and i didn't disbelieve that was a good idea but um t three years ago i sat at the bottom of the second cornet section with these two young men who uh were really great kids but they didn't really have the skill level to be quite where they were but that was probably the best place for them and even though i was trying to help them um I couldn't really do anything that was going to make their week any better because there were so many people in that group. And then I wasn't always there, you know, have to go and deal with whatever. Um, so we changed that so that um, the learning uh, outcome for those kids is the best that it can be. So we have the WMI band and then we have a sort of mid-level band. And then um, it's not a beginner band, but it's a band for kids who are on the way who already know what to do. But so they can get a chance to play uh, more together. Um, to just learn basic fundamentals, because that's really, if we're honest, that's where most people in the territory are at. Um, we're we're not in a you know massive core bands with with forty players era anymore. So most of them have got small groups. So the the chance for them to do that, and then the same with the singing thing, we're changing it this year. Um, we had a lot of girls. Uh, no, we had a lot of guys last year, and the girls couldn't really keep up in those three equal choruses. So 
we're having two choruses and um, uh, one will probably be quite large, which is a, a, a normal four-part chorus. And then uh, Evan, the DMD from Seattle, is going to do a male chorus as well. Try and get the guys out of the way so that that other chorus can be more balanced. So I think our thing is that we should... Um, whatever we need to do to make it work. We can't just say, well, this is, we've just done that for the last 20 years, so that's how we're going to do it. Um, that we'd, we'd be shut down pretty quickly, I think. But um, the chance to keep moving forward and keeping it relevant, and we, the nice thing for us is, I think, uh, we see most of the kids who come all year round, you know, at camp and at various things, and a lot of them are in youth band and chorus and whatever. So we like to check in on them, make sure that they're uh, behaving, attending the core. Um, and that they're growing uh, as musicians, but also as young Christians. That's important that we uh, we check in with them. And I think Derek and I, and in fact, all of our staff have a great um, uh, connection with those kids. We want to see them do well in everything that, that they do. So we just need to keep ourselves relevant, I think. Yeah, and one of the other things we're, uh, we're looking at is praise and worship is a new thing for us. It shouldn't be, but it's been in the in the church. It's kind of a new thing as to how to teach it. I think we're going to be a little more intentional on having the kids learn their instrument and learn it well rather than be able to do one song with a group. And uh, so there'll be some more individual training, uh, especially on guitar and drums and uh, keyboard, things like that, because that's going to translate into what they need to do at the core. They're going to need to do, do more than one song. So it, uh, it's learning, but uh, they should uh, get to know the basics a little bit more now. Than, uh, than in the past, but who the future? I have no idea what the future holds, but uh, uh, we'll have some kind of laser thing happening soon. Ooh, I like oh, it. Oh, lasers? <laughs> what? Oh, my budget, we want to. <laughs> so you're saying last year there was just a lot more guys than girls? We had, Our ratio was significantly more wow. young men than young ladies. That's the it's exact unusual, opposite yeah. of why. So I know, it's usually for us to have the rest yeah. like, oh, what do when we do? You were, when you were a camper, we had all the equal courses, and then sometime in between dinner and the night, nighttime activity, we squeezed in a WMI practice, course right. practice. Yeah. So because of the fact they never had enough time, we've made that one of the courses. Mm. So um, whereas before we had all those really the really good singers to spread out through the equal courses, we don't have that anymore. Mm. So that's why the men were kind of overwhelming a little bit last year because we've taken a lot of the, the, the girls that can sing into the WMI course. You guys so might have the only Salvation Army program that has more guys than girls. Yeah. It's it was weird because so I don't rare. know that we've ever encountered that in such significant levels but when you were in the chorus you were try, trying to figure out if there were any girls in there because it was all like <laughs> that's <heavy>. amazing <laughs> my most paralyzing year was uh there was one year that i went and there was uh exact equal of boys and girls and the pressure that year for asking a date for candlelight dinner was <laughs> an all-time high because it was perfectly equal <laughs> I was like, I don't, I, I'd rather get kicked out of this camp than try to ask a girl to go to a candlelight dinner. It's a growing experience. It's important for every kid to get shot down once. Yeah. And, uh, well, let's be clear. Every guy, every down. guy. <laughs> let's be clear. I didn't get shot down. All right. Uh, that's right. Right. <laughs> David Dickinson got shot down by my wife in oh. front of everybody. Yeah, still, uh, well, yeah, dinner, but it was just unlucky. Many kids have taken their cornet as their date. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah, Joshua Stewart comes to mind. That's to <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ask him about that. Right <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. 
Um, <laughs> give us information on WMI for this year. Where is it at? What time? And uh, how, how are you eligible to go? Uh, we start on uh, August the 3rd, I think, at uh, Pine Summit. And uh, because of our... Uh, That's fan- in Big Bear. Big Bear, yeah. yes, here in California. And uh, last year was the first year we've moved it from 10 days to 9 days. So we start at lunchtime on Friday for auditions. And then... Uh, start properly on uh, Friday evening. So if you're as uniform wearing salvations between the ages of uh, 14 and 30, we have less 30-year-olds than I would like to see, but um, then we'd love to have you. We hope that you'd be attending the core. Um, our guests this year are Stephen Buller from uh, from the East Coast and uh, Dorothy Nanskival from uh, the UK Territory. And uh, our chaplains are Nurson and Cheryl Kiston. And we're going to look at uh, all six chapters of Ephesians. And our uh, our theme poster artwork says more grace, more peace, more joy, more understanding, and then finish up with more Christ. So I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be a great uh, time together. We've got some public events. We're webcasting all of those this year: Solo's Night, uh, Final Concert, Midweek Concert, and our Friday Night Arts Night. We're going to get those out. Um, it could be a bit risky, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> It'll be great. If you want to apply, you can get your WMI application at WMIAPP, WMIAPP at USAWest.org. We'll link it below as well Good. so people can, can check it out. Um, so if skill level, anybody is welcome to come to WMI? Or? Yes. If you're a brass player, we want there's a there's a packet that we send out that we ask you to try and be um, at, at least at this level so you're not lost. Uh, you should really talk to your local divisional music director. Hopefully you know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't, call your DYS. And, uh, if you know who that, who that is. is. <laughs> <laughs> DYS. So just start calling somebody at your core. So, yeah, you should, uh, you should work with your, division, uh, with your divisional music director because uh, he will help you with transportation and that kind of stuff to find Summit because it's not that easy to get all right, guys. Drink a lot yep. of water. <laughs> it's a windy road. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. And we'll uh, make sure and put the link to the application below. Bye.